this week's special interview episode of the Have More. We are once again here, me, Mario Herc, and Dustin Alexander to talk about your Montreal Canadiens. Uh, big moves they made, sending ben Sh- signing Ben Sherratt, the solution on the left side on defense, apparently. Uh, we got some rumors with uh, maybe some uh, sniping action out of Russia, or maybe another offer sheet coming up. Uh, some trades elsewhere in the NHL, another signing for the Canadians, another depth signing by uh, Bargain Bin uh, Bergevin, like uh, some fans like to, to call him. Uh, and then, like I said at the beginning, interview at the end of uh, the episode with Anthony Marcotte of 91.9, the Rockets play-by-play guy. Fantastic interview with Dustin. You're going to want to stick around and listen to it. Definitely. Definitely. It was, a, it was a lot of fun talking to him. Uh, it was a guy I love listening to, listening to The Rocket. Uh, and yeah, I thought I thought it was a great interview that uh, you guys are definitely going to enjoy. And to be clear, he's not just a Rocket guy. I mean, he still does a lot of analysis on 91.9 about the Canadians. And, but it's, it's nice to have an in-depth talk with someone that kind of sees the young guys coming up and what the farm team uh, is looking at like. So, as always, follow us on Twitter at the Has Form, and like, let's get started with the biggest news of the week. Uh, probably uh, was Ben Chirot, 3.5 million times three years. Uh, slots in probably next to Petrie as uh, the fourth defenseman there on the left side. I mean, I, honestly, when this first got announced, I wasn't happy about it because to me, this means like nothing against Ben Chirot. I think he could be a fine player on a good team, but this to me feels like it means that. Bergeron's done improving the defense for now, and this is the team. The, this is the defense we're going to start the season with. Yeah, I think I think that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not really the the top number one defenseman that we were hoping for. I mean, I definitely think that it helps with the depth. I think he he could be really good beside Petrie. Mm-hmm. I think we needed a guy like him to like a big tough defenseman in front of the crease so I, I definitely think he's an upgrade ahead of Jordy Ben um, but yeah definitely I mean this this only establishes Victor Mete is the number one defenseman beside that's the thing Weber. we love Mete uh, he had he did took great strides last year but we need him to take another jump this year if this is what the defense is going to look like because like, at the end of the day if Mete was someone else if Mete was already a more established kind of defenseman, maybe like a Nicoletti type or a Gossesbier type like we talked about before, and then we would sign Ben Sherratt to play with Petrie, I'd be perfectly happy with this move. It's just that overall, now the left side is Mete, Sherratt, and Kulak. So many question marks there. There's no guarantee. All three of them could just flop next year, basically. (laughs) You know, like, I don't think Mete will. I I love his game, but, you know, is he going to ever score? Who knows? Probably not. I don't, I don't think that day's ever going to score the way that he's going and the luck that he's had. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's 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 quite that bad. I mean, definitely, like you said, I mean, there there are some question marks there. They do have some some other depth though as well, um, even in the AHL. Uh, I mean, Xavier Wallet, he showed last year that he can play in the NHL. I mean, yeah, he, he's not going to be slotting in beside Weber, of course, but he is another good puck-moving defenseman. There's Gustav Olofsson as well. Um, that's another good puck-moving defenseman. Unfortunately, was injured last year with the Rocket. But, I mean, I don't think it's quite as bleak as, uh, as some people think. I think the, the, the Canadians probably did have an idea of trying to get Jake Gardner. Um, I know right before that they actually 
signed Ben Sherratt. Um, there was a tweet, I believe it was Elliot Friedman, uh, that said that it was sort of heating up between Gardner and the Canadians. So I'm thinking what happened is probably, you know, they made a last-ditch effort to Gardner. Yeah, couldn't get the um, term down, probably. And then, you know, they, they couldn't get it what for whatever reason, you know, money or term, probably term, I would imagine, with the back injury. And and then when, when he didn't accept the offer, then they went with their plan B, Ben Sherratt. Because they probably figured they'd rather have Ben Sherratt than nothing. I mean, as far as the contract goes, I saw some people complaining that it was an overpayment. I mean, with the cap space the Canadian have, 3.5 for three years, it's really a non-issue for me. I'm not not worried about that. The, the no-trade clause kind of surprised me. It's a modified no-trade clause. Yeah, it's 10 teams that, you know, uh, that he can refuse to go to. But it's just kind of weird. Like, does a guy like Ben Sherratt really earn a no-trade clause? <laughs> I mean... Well, you see the, the like you see that a lot more and more. Yeah, I guess so. Lately. I guess so. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, three point five million. I mean, it's really not that much. I mean, that's basically what you're paying, like a, even like a bottom floor yeah, defenseman exactly. at this point. Exactly. Um, three. I would have preferred maybe one or two years as opposed to three. Um, you know, you might ha- might start seeing some of the younger guys coming up before then. I mean, Sherratt's only twenty eight. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the end of the world. I mean, it, like, like know, exactly, he's thirty one by the end of the contract. Whatever, like, like I don't mind. I, the only reason I mind this signing is more what it means. It's absolutely nothing against Ben Sherratt. If uh, Bergevin turns around and ends up still making a trade and getting one of those top defensemen we've talked about. And I love having Ben Sherrod on the team. He's, he's, yeah. And, like, you mentioned that he's a physical guy. We talked about last week about how you, losing Shaw, one of the biggest, as good as he was, was offensively last year, we lost a lot of grit. And, of course, there's a difference between the grit you have on offense and on defense. But to add another big body in the lineup to complement, like, outside of just Shea Weber, like, the rest of the team, you know, there's Armia that still needs to be signed. A lot, a lot of little guys. I mean, Paling's still a kid. Uh, so even though he's a big body, like he doesn't mean he's going to knock people around that much mm-hmm. to to start off, right? So it does help to get that size to to add to the team. It's just I I don't really feel like I do think he's a slight improvement over Jody Ben, but I don't think we're going into the season in a much different place than we were last year. And that the big question mark last year was defense. Now we're starting the year with Shea Weber healthy, like knock on knock on wood, like nothing happens in the offseason, which is the biggest difference to start the year, but. Our defense isn't much better unless the young guys take a step. Yeah, and I mean that's what you're hoping for. I mean you're definitely hoping that Victor Mete can take another step. I mean, obviously he finished last year very strong. Um, you know, hopefully Kulak can continue uh, along with the season that he had last year. You know, sort of banking on maybe if Mike Riley can have that a bounce back season as well if he can play the way that he played at the beginning of last season. So I'd love to see one of the young guys come in and because like right now you'd probably slot. Foleen as the, the the third on the right side. I mean, he's a bit of a nothing depth signing to me. I mean, Juleson is a bit of a question mark because of the injury last year. But you got plenty of guys. Mikhail Fleury was great last year in uh, in the uh, in the AHL. Maybe Josh Brook has a crazy camp. Like I don't think he necessarily will, but you never know. Like I I, I hope that's that's what the team needs. They need one of the young defensemen maybe to surprise at camp. Kind of like Mete did, like you know, and, and be able mm-hmm. to step in and take those big big minutes. So, but as it is right now, the teams is this is still the team that's fighting for a playoff spot and probably doesn't make the playoffs. Every, every other team got better, not the Canadians. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. I mean, especially with the trade uh, that will that, that happened uh, a little bit earlier today that we'll talk about a little bit later on. Um, yeah, it's true. I mean, it obviously hasn't been a big, big improvement. Obviously, the season isn't starting tomorrow either. Of course. Uh, so I mean, there's yeah. still plenty of cap space. I mean, if you if you send down. Uh, uh, Weiss uh, and uh, Alsner, Alsner and uh, who's the other one? Opeka. 
you're you still have like 11 million to play with right so there, yeah. there, there's still moves that can be made uh if uh he, if he wants to make the team better but to me signing bencher like he didn't not try to make those moves and then sign Ben Trot. Like Bergeron's been trying to make these moves, so like I, I don't think it's maybe like he's more focused on offense. Like he obviously tried to add some 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 firepower on on offense. I mean he did add Nick Cousins. I mean hey, <laughs> he did. That was a good signing. I mean it's but, fine. Um, yeah, uh, I mean you never know. I mean hopefully, well maybe you know they might have something up their sleeve. Um, before the season begins, I mean, right now, obviously, I mean, they have four guys slated in already on the left side with uh, with Mete, Sherratt, Kulak, Riley, um, maybe Olafson or you know. But, we'll see, uh, but Riley, I mean, yeah, he, he could he, very easily. He be just he's down. more of an AHL guy, and the thing with Kulak, I know a lot of the advanced stats say he he was great. I mean, they gave you gave him a three year contract. Uh, it wasn't that expensive, but if they give him three years, it means they liked what they saw. Mm-hmm. But I mean, would anybody be shocked if he takes it? He has a huge regression net next year. No, no. Yeah. I mean, uh, he didn't. You know, he for the most part he was he was pretty strong last year. Even the year before, he had a pretty good year in Calgary. So I mean, I, I mean, there's not really much reason to think that he's going to taper off. I think that he can definitely, at worst, be a solid third pairing guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he showed last year that he could even step up on, into the top four. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. There there's still time to make some moves. If if there's a move out there, you never you know you never know. Maybe a, maybe a Nicoletti before the end of the season uh, before the end of the off season. I, I get the feeling that he's more focused on on adding uh, adding offense at this point. I mean, I, we just quickly talked about Nick Cousins. That's not adding offense, but the, more depth uh, in uh, on on offense. And there just seems to be. There's kind of there's a lot of players there because like, for me it's not Nick Cousins I'm like I give a chance to the kids instead I, I do feel like there's a trade here you know like Lekkanen and Army are, are, are after they sign their uh, mm-hmm. they get their arbitration done are probably gonna be signed like it would be shocking if they weren't Shalu Dolan is the one that's probably gonna be let go but there's a move there there's a move to be made there the, the big the, the rumor I mean we say rumor but it's we know this player is there's a potential for him being traded. He the Canadians make sense. There's no rumors that really come out of Montreal, but a lot of people talk about Nikita, Nikita Gusev, who belongs to uh, the Golden Knights. Yeah, and they're having they're they're already over the cap, and he apparently wants a lot of money. He was fantastic in the KHL. Well, what I've heard is he wants four million for two years. I would give that in a heartbeat. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, you're going to have to give something to give him up. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, of course. But apparently, it's like a second pick and a prospect. Yeah, with people have been saying that it's a second rounder plus a B sort of prospect. Um, so, you you know, you might be looking at a guy like Alan McShane or like Cameron Hillis or something like that. So, I mean, I would definitely do that in a second. Um, it's very, very low risk. Mostly. Yeah, it is definitely a low risk. I mean, yeah, $4 million. I mean, for two years wouldn't be too too bad. Obviously, sort of an unknown commodity. You don't sure. know exactly what for you're sure. getting in them. But the, the Canadians have so much cap space right yeah. now. I mean, even if the worst case scenario he plays ten games, goes back to Russia, hates it in in Canada or whatever, it's four million. Uh, whatever. It's, we got to use it somehow. And yeah. Apparently, it's very hard to use our cap space. <laughs> so I mean, I, I would I would love for that to happen. I mean, the other because the one thing that was missing on offense last year was. Played it as a team, some good playmakers. Domi breaking out as a top line center. I mean, even Tatar is more of a playmaking winger. Gallagher who scores a lot of goals, more of a crashing the net kind of kind of winger. Though Dwayne is a playmaking winger. There's no pure snipers. Yeah. So like a guy like Gusev or the guy that's not signed yet in Winnipeg, Patrick Liney, 
I mean, I don't think Benjamin is going to do another offer sheet, but if there's a trade on the table there, a young people say all he can do, like the the the, the thing I see people say as a complaint towards Liney is that all he does is score goals, like he brings nothing else. Okay, I mean that's like the <laughs> that's most important thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And he's exactly that's exactly what the Canadians need. They need a sniper. That would be great. Don't have a pure a pure score on the team. But now, what are you willing to give up for Liney? Like you're losing at least one of the top prospects. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, you're definitely giving up some serious stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, you're maybe looking at like two firsts. Uh, you know, like Suzuki. What maybe one or two guys off the um, off the team. But the way I look at it, a guy like Suzuki, sure it sucks to lose him. He's a great prospect. But like best case scenario, Suzuki turns into Liney. Yeah, even then you know? he probably he probably like it, even it, best case scenario is exactly even best case scenario isn't isn't Liney, right? Let's not forget he was a second uh, overall pick. So, I mean, a move like that I would absolutely absolutely love. As much as I've been focused on the defense, I mean, as it is right now, I'm willing to see how it goes to start the year. But if they could add a score, I mean, it, like yeah. Gusev, I've obviously haven't watched him play that. Is he more of a sniper, more of a playmaker? I, I need to pull up his stats. Yeah, uh, well, he had some. Uh, I think he had like thirty goal, uh, over thirty goals last year in the KHL. Um, he's a smaller guy. He's five foot nine. Uh, he's only like one hundred and fifty pounds according to HockeyDB. So, you know, size maybe a little bit of a concern, but I mean, certainly, I mean, if you can add a, a again, an unknown commodity. He's never played in the NHL, but a, a guy that obviously has offensive talent. Yeah, I mean, definitely has. Uh, he's more of a. Uh, playmaker from what I can see here he had uh, 17 goals 65 to 6 uh, assists 82 points that doesn't mean he can't score goals though scored did 9 goals in 18 games in the playoffs I mean I like seeing that definitely performing the playoffs and let's not forget the KHL it's not as good as the NHL but still one of the top leagues yeah, I mean, in, in the world you could definitely argue it's probably the, the league right below the yeah, exactly. NHL I mean, probably better than the AHL, better than, you know, in, in Sweden or in Finland or anything like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, again, it's an unknown, but you're not necessarily going to have to give up that much exactly, to go out and get exactly. this guy. Would you rather have to give Liney, like, a huge contract and give up two first-round picks and Nick Suzuki, or would you rather just send a second and a prospect that probably won't ever do anything and take a flyer on a guy like like, uh, like Gusev, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd definitely be happy with either or. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no definitely. <laughs> Both are pretty good. Um, I mean, hopefully he can make one of, one of the two happen. I, I, I would love that. I, I don't know what else is out there. I mean, uh, I mean Winnipeg also have, uh, what's his name, Connor? Uh, Nicholas Ehler. Oh, yeah, Kyle Connor as well. Yeah, he's also unsigned Yes, yet. So, I mean, there, there, there's players out there. But, I mean, there's always rumors around these RFAs, and most of the time they end up just sticking with their team. Yeah. But, you know, it's with the, the cap, how it is, I mean, th- these are the types of situations where you can maybe take advantage of it. Not that, that many teams are able to go get Liney and, and give him the contract that he wants, right? So he needs to, Bergman needs to take advantage of that. Use the cap space. Yeah, get many, a score. Not many teams have the assets to give up. On top either, of it. You know, so. Canadians, they look on paper like they're in a perfect position to make a big big trade. Yeah. No, they're, in a, they're definitely in a good position. And, uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what he can uh, put together. And uh, then speaking of trades, uh, there was a minor trade. I mean, minor, major prospects, uh, like, but still an interesting trade between Chicago and Buffalo. So Chicago gets, what's Alex Nylander? Alex Nylander. Alex Nylander for Joki Jara? Joki Hara. Joki Arja? Joki Hara. Yeah, I mean, uh, great defense. Uh, it's Henry. Henry? Yeah, it's, yeah. Really? This is his last name, and his parents go with Henry. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, 
great young defenseman, 20 years old, right sh- uh, right-handed shot, um, played uh, 38 games I think last year in Chicago. So obviously a guy that established himself, especially at the end of the year, really solid defenseman for Chicago. Nylander is um, not nobody though. He, I remember him being highly touted when he was. Uh, yeah. He, I mean, he's William Nylander's brother. I mean, that doesn't mean anything really, but still, uh, I mean, was he sixth overall? Eighth overall Eighth in overall. 2016, right before Sergachev. Um, so, I mean, yeah, he's definitely a guy with potential. He had a couple of good years in, well, a, a decent year last year in the AHL. Um, I played a couple of games in Buffalo as well. I think he had four points in 12 games. Um, so, I mean, obviously a guy with potential, but, I mean, that's a, that's, that's a pretty big... Uh, I don't know, to give up to a, a good defenseman, a good young right-handed defenseman like that for... For Alex Nylander, I mean, I mean, I don't they, know if Chicago and Buffalo's exact situation as far as prospects, p- prospect pool, and future and all that. But I mean, it's it's clearly a, a score for a defenseman, right? So I'm thinking yeah. this fits each team's needs in that sense. Yeah, I mean, you know, they sort of uh, Chicago seems to like sort of those reclamation projects yeah. that they got yeah. Dylan Strom last year, who had a great uh, had a great season great resurgence for them as well. But you think uh, this makes Buffalo better better this year? Well, especially on defense right now. I mean, obviously Rasmus Dahlin goes without saying. They yeah. have Montador. Um, they have um, they just got Colin Miller from Vegas as well and now adding Yokoharu. Um, Yoka I mean, this is that's, well, that's a pretty Rist- solid defense. Still, so Ristolainen yeah, too. too. And there's a lot of a lot of talk that they might move Ristolainen though. Um, and this probably <laughs> doesn't help that. I wouldn't mind Ristolainen. Rist- Rist- he, he's right right-handed yeah, right shot too, shot, right? That's that's, but, that's yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're going to get a good return for him as well. So, I mean, they're definitely in a pretty good position right now. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. The, 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 the division in general, uh, I mean, is it was already amazing last year. Mm. I mean, Ottawa's going to be terrible. Maybe the worst team in the league. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but Buffalo seems like one of those teams, like every year we expect them to make that jump. I mean, Jack Eichel at this point 22. I mean, they, they, they're bringing Skinner back on a kind of a crazy deal, but it's still, it's still a very solid player. Mm. I mean, they have... They have players that, like, on offense, it's kind of similar to the Canadians, except we don't have a Jack Eichel kind of sniper, and then their defense is really turning into something. Yeah, really good. You know, it, it, it's like one of those teams where you, you figure that, like, one of these years, they're going to make the jump. Yeah. And yeah, if they can get some goaltending. I mean, I'm not yeah. sh- I'm not even sure who their goaltending uh, is right it's now. It's <laughs> Carter Hutton and yeah. RFA Linus Olmark. Yeah, so definitely not too much to write home about no, there. Definitely, they have not. one of the best goaltending prospects right now in uh, Uka Pekka Lakonen. Great um, name. So yeah, he's got a, quite the name. Uh, he's only 20 years old though, so probably not going to make the jump, uh, yeah, jump this year. Usually, but uh, it takes a few. Yeah, years. he'll probably he'll probably be in Rochester next year, and so we'll and see him playing against the Rockets. Tampa Bay, as great as they had like an, uh, a regular season last year, they had a horrible playoffs. So they're going. You got to think they're going to come back super hungry. I mean, outside of that, I mean, Carolina are now the Canadians' biggest rivals. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Even Florida, I mean, now with yeah. Bobrovsky and Nets, I mean, they're going to be... Uh, yeah, I think know, they might end up re- regretting well. that contract, though, but... Uh, yeah. No, I, I mean, but it's 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 a competitive... It's such a competitive division. As it is right now, if I had to make a prediction, and, like, if nothing else happens, no trades, no nothing, we just 
started the season with cap space as our highest paid player. <laughs> I don't I don't think the Canadians make the playoffs as it That's is. It's right gonna now, be tough as it is right now. And like, let's not forget, like a lot of players last year for the Canadians had career years. Yeah. Uh, there there is at the beginning of the year, the team absolutely overperformed and it eventually caught up to them until Shea Weber finally come back because the, the team was falling off a cliff. And then Shea Weber came back and saved them. Here's the thing. Shea Weber's starting healthy, uh, knock on wood. But if he gets hurt at any point in the year, I mean, that's it's going to be... The, the, what they did at the beginning of the year without Shea Weber last year, that's not happening again. Yeah, that, was a lo- that was a lot of yeah. players playing over their heads. Obviously, a lot of it rests on Carey Price's shoulder, mm-hmm. shoulders. But, I mean, we'll see. But... Uh, that's going to be it. It's definitely it's going to be a tough season. I mean, you know, the NHL is really competitive. Our division is really competitive. Um, I can't see them going into the season with that much cap space again. I mean, I think that there's got to be a move. This is, this is like three years on, though. Like, it's not like new. Third time's a charm. You're right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd rather this than he be giving horrible no, contracts like yeah. he did with Carl Alsner uh, a few uh, a few seasons ago. But it's just like I know it's hard to make a move, but make one. Yeah, just but, uh, you know. yeah. He's got the money. He's got the assets. He's got the picks. He's got the you know, the young the young players, the, the prospects. So I mean, it's hard he, to move the prospects. Got, so, yeah. God. No, it, it is. But you know, who who like because there's like maybe like five really good like even Caulfield now like six pretty much. It's like like Caulfield, Suzuki, Paling, Caden Primo, Primo Brooke. Um, Brooke. And I mean that's that's pretty much the top ones, yeah. right? I don't know if I'm forgetting anyone. Like, who are your untouchables? Like, who are you? Like, are there two you're putting willing to put together to go get a big player like Lanny, for example? Of those guys, it'd be tough. I mean, I think aside from Primo would be would probably be the only real untouchable for me. I mean, I think he he's gonna be a superstar goalie. And, um, and you don't really get enough for prospect goalies. No. It's not worth trading them, I think. No. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think the rest of the guy, Paling, I don't think I'd, I'd be willing to move either. I mean, the other guys, though, I mean, if you can go get a guy like Line, I think you have to pull the trigger. I think getting Cole Caulfield mm-hmm. makes moving that, yeah, Suzuki way easier. Yeah, because they mean, are sort of the, well, not really the same player, but I mean, they're similar sort of style. Um, so, yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't be against uh, moving a guy like... I mean, we loved him. We were excited to see him in the AHL this year. He stepped it up in the playoffs, which was amazing. But you have to make these types of moves at some point. To, yeah. you know, And the reality is, you know, there's six great prospects right now. If we're lucky, half of them pan out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just... It's never guaranteed. If you could get a, a, a surefire thing, uh, I think I think that's the move. I think that's the move. I mean, we'll see. I mean... Yeah, who knows? I just I just feel now we're into dead zone, right? There's like going to be two months with nothing going on, <laughs> just refreshing the news, and nothing's happening. You know? but, uh, well, anyway, like like you mentioned earlier, I mean, they, what what did you think of the Nick Cousins signing? I mean, it's a depth move. It's like whatever. I mean, he could turn out great. As I mean, I like seeing Max Domi being super excited on Twitter about it. Mm-hmm. A former teammate in Arizona, uh, another f- very active on Twitter, Paul Bissonnette, who used to play with Nick Cousins, saying he's a uh, one of those guys that just does everything, locker room guy. I mean, it fits with the whole culture of the team. Um, might fit in better than uh, than Thompson, yeah. who's pretty old at this point, right? Although, from what I understand, he was playing center mainly because of injuries last year, but he's more of a winger. I mean, yeah, his so face-off percentage was like 46% or something like that. Yeah, so that's pretty you don't cool. want him to be like the main fourth-line yeah. center. So, I mean, whatever, it's fine. 
Yeah, well, like you said, I mean, I think you know he he definitely adds some some youth. I mean, he had twenty seven points last season, which isn't bad for a fourth yeah. line guy. I mean, I'm, one million a one year. No, right? exactly, exactly. And he's so yeah, like again, twenty five years old. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think like a good fourth line. I think Thompson probably isn't going to play very much. This is also going to push Ryan Paling as well. I think that it doesn't guarantee him a spot now. You know, he's going to have to outperform Cousins and or Thompson. Well, here the thing for me is that like at this point. It's thoughts, Nate. Like I would hate to see Thompson getting minutes because and Ben Paling not getting. You know, like I think the the Paling's type of gameplay and what we think he might become. He's one of those rare prospects that it makes sense to play him on the fourth yeah, line. Yeah, no, it's true. You know, that's give him true. 12, 13 minutes to play him on the PK. Sometimes you know, maybe a rare power play opportunity if he's having a good game. You know, and then you have having a guy like Nate Cousins on his left wing. Actually, like now, now I'm thinking about it. That makes a lot of sense. You know, you want to have a guy that you know he's able to score. Yeah. Yeah, you know, put up some but also responsible in his own zone and and, and stuff like that, and, and maybe a good kind of like leadership type to, to be next to the to, to Paling, right? Yeah, I mean that wouldn't be a bad fourth line. Well, whether Paling makes a team or not, even if he doesn't, Wheel Cousins, yeah. um, along with like Army or Lekkinen on the fourth line or Byron, that's 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 gonna give you four pretty solid lines. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. It, the, the team has a lot of there, there's a lack of top end scoring, but as far as the depth, the depth on offense is really, really great. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. You just need that top end guy to just bring you, bring you over the top. Hopefully, Line. Hopefully, Line. That, that would be amazing. That, <laughs> there will be an emergency podcast if uh, the Canadians uh, get their hands on Line. We will be very excited. But uh, I think that'll do it for uh, for us talking, or for me talking at least. Uh, we're going to move on to the Anthony Marcotte interview. I mean, you, I mean, some of you guys talked about the Rocket. You want to introduce the interview a little bit? Yeah. So I mean, yeah, we definitely had a had a really good discussion. We talked about the Canadians. Uh, some of the move. Actually, I think we did it right after uh, Ben Sherat signed. I think the day of actually. Um, so yeah, he talked a little bit about that, about what he thought about the signing, um, what he's thought of the off season so far. Obviously, I mean, he's the play by play man for the Rocket. So we talked a lot about the Rocket, about what he thought uh, of some of the some of the prospects also differences that he sees between having a Joel Bouchard as a coach la- as a head coach last year compared to Sylvain Lafayette yeah, some, ba- some really interesting stuff before. too because he was very candid with that stuff yeah yeah, definitely. didn't want to talk poorly about uh, uh, about the former coach but but yeah I yeah. think he said what what a lot of us uh, a lot of us were thinking and uh, no it was definitely definitely a great interview I think uh, I think you guys are really gonna like it all right, so enjoy the interview. We'll be back as soon as there's some news. Follow us at the Habs Forum to know when the next episode is going to be. Today we have ninety. Uh, uh, we have a ninety-one point nine uh, commentator and also the uh, Laval Rocket play-by-play man, Anthony Marcotte. Anthony, thank you very much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. So uh, obviously, I mean, it's the off season right now for the Canadians and for the Rocket. However, uh, I understand you're not really having much of an off season right now. No, no, no. I've been working at the radio station for uh, a couple of weeks now. Pretty busy. I'm on here for six hours a day, so uh, it's quite something. Um, I'm really blessed uh, doing this for work. Uh, talk, talking about a lot of sports. I'm not a hockey guy. I'm, I'm a sports guy, so it's all right. I, I, I really enjoy my summer right now. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's uh, that's what makes you such a popular personality here in Quebec. You know, you you obviously seem to really enjoy what you're doing. Um, so, what what exactly got you into doing commentary? Oh well, I've been a sports fan uh, from from a young age. I think my father gave me that passion. Uh, we were watching so many 
at an early age, uh, was, even with, uh, watching wrestling. <laughs> so I was a big sports fan early on, and um, and I was playing hockey, playing baseball. So, uh, but I didn't have a lot of talent for anything. But I, I had such a passion for the game, so I found a way to get closer to it. I I had some good friends that were really good playing sports, playing hockey, but. I knew that I wouldn't be able to follow them, but I I found a way, and I think that way was um, working hard to become a media personality. So it's been a lot of work, uh, a lot of time, and a lot of traveling as well. I I've been all around the uh, uh, Quebec province studying in Jean-Pierre, Quebec, and afterwards I moved in Sherbrooke and uh, for hockey stuff, and afterwards I moved in Montreal and became a uh, um, uh, we're working in the TV sports uh, as a uh, I, I don't know how I could explain what I was doing in, in at TVA but I didn't have the chance to uh, work stuff uh, on air but I was behind the camera working for the people but it was such a formative place to be and afterwards well when I had the opportunity to work for 919 sports I jumped on it and I and now here I am so uh it's been pretty fun. Uh, I had the chance to have a great wife around me uh, that, that's been behind me all along, uh, following me in my endeavors. So, uh, oh, it's been great. Uh, I, I'm living the dream right now. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it sounds like you're very passionate about it. Absolutely. If I'm not mistaken, you started off um, doing color commentary back in the queue with, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Le Tigre de Victoriaville when you were pretty young, 17 or 18 years old. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've been following my, my stuff really closely. Yeah, that's where I started. Uh, I'm I'm from Victoriaville, so the Tigers have has been I've been by my hometown team forever. Uh, and was uh, as a young as a young guy growing up with my father, we had season tickets, so I we followed the team uh, very closely. And and when I had the chance to become the play by play guy, uh, they they made auditions, and uh, I. I just decided to maybe uh, follow that uh, that stuff, and I, they, they hired me. So, <laughs> uh, after, uh, yeah, I have been there for uh, well, I was there for uh, two years, uh, and afterwards on a part-time basis when I moved to Zonkia for my studying. Uh, and that's when when I became uh, the the Shikurumi play-by-play guy. And, the, and afterwards, like I said, I was in Sherbrooke with the Phoenix, the Armada after. So uh, in a uh, in a nine years window, I, I was a play by play guy for four different teams in the queue. So uh, I know that league really well. Yeah, I can imagine you've done uh, pretty much the tour of all around Quebec. Hopefully, maybe <laughs> maybe the next spot will be with the Canadians. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> many people know me uh, around the queue. Uh, the good thing is, like, they appreciate my work, so that's a good thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, if I spend some time all around, it's because I did myself really well, and people appreciated what I what I've been doing. So that's a good thing. Absolutely. So uh, now you've been in the AHL for two years with the Laval Rocket. Um, what are some of the big differences you find between the Q and the AHL? Well, I think the game goes by quicker. Like it's a really quicker league. Uh, I mean, I. I've, uh, I did uh, play-by-play commandery for a lot of players that are now in the AHL. And, get, and, and I can tell you something. like These players, they were dominant athletes in the queue, but they are all struggling 
for some time in the AHL. It's such a different league. It's such a grind playing in that league. I mean, it's tough. Like, you, you're playing 76 games. You don't have a lot of time between each of them. There's a lot of traveling. There's a lot of call-ups. There's injuries. It's a really tough league. And people don't know how tough it is to actually play in that league and have some stat score goals. It's a really complicated league. And that's the first thing uh, that that comes to my mind uh, as a difference between the Q and the AHL. It's because, like, players are traveling ev everywhere. You're uh, under the gun from the NHL. They need players. They are calling up in your team. Uh, and you need players, so you call players up from the ECHL. Uh, there's you want, you want to preach some things to your players, but you don't know day in and day out if you're going to have the same lineup the next night. So it's really, it, it's really different. It, it's completely different, I would say. Absolutely. It must make your, your job quite a bit harder as well, having to travel a lot with – I would imagine that you do quite a bit of traveling with the Rocket as well. Well, I wouldn't say it's tougher. Uh, in the queue, they're traveling a lot. There's a lot of there's, – there's farther distances in the queue – then the NHL, and we are fortunate in the, with the, the, the rocket organization to travel in a charter flight for the long distances. So it's really not that bad. Yeah, there's a lot of traveling. There's a lot of games. But traveling-wise, we're really, really fortunate. Even though uh, in the Eastern Division, we're the farthest team up north, uh, the Rockets are spending a lot of money uh, to, to make conditions favorable for their athletes. So that's really good. That's great. So, I mean, just like the Canadians, obviously a first-class organization. Yeah, for sure, for sure. They're spending a lot of money. They want to win now. And Absolutely. They, they just need to put the bar a little farther. Like, like they need to have an, another step next year. Definitely. And obviously, I mean, you've been in the AHL for two years now. Um, is there any AHL cities in particular that you, uh, that you enjoy visiting? Yeah, well, uh, we've been visiting Cleveland uh, since last year. They're now part of uh, the North Division with the Rockets, and it's a great city. Uh, I was really surprised. Uh, it's, an, it's really nice because you have uh, down in the downtown area, uh, the Quicken Loans Arena, which hosts uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers as well, so that's where the team is playing. Uh, it's really a top-notch building. The organization is really good as well, uh, and just on the side of the building, <clears throat> there's a baseball stadium, the, pro the progressive field hosting the Indians, and uh, I'm, I think it's a 10-minute walk, and you're in the Browns, the, the Cleveland Browns Stadium. So it's a really nice sports downtown area. I really appreciate Cleveland, but there's other good cities. I mean, you can't avoid going in, in Charlotte. Charlotte is great. Uh, good weather uh, all year long. Uh, the building, the rink, is a little farther from the downtown area, but the team is staying in the downtown area. So it's a, it's a good place. And I enjoy going in the Lehigh Valley as well. They have such a good organization. They're spending a lot of money to win in the AHL. Uh, and they have a pretty uh, new building with uh, eight, eight, eight or 10,000 people going in each and every night. So uh, I would say that uh, this is the three best cities that uh, the, the Rockets are visiting during the year. Great. So, uh, so obviously the big news this week uh, is was the offer sheet, of course, to Sebastian Ajo. Um, when were you expecting at all the Canadians might do an offer sheet? I mean, I know George, I know George Larocque, someone that you work with, he had mentioned that uh, that he thought there was an offer sheet, but did you think that it was actually going to happen? Well, he called me uh, just before writing his tweet. Uh, I, 
I mean, I trust George. I, I know that he's well uh, recognized around the NHL, and he has some contacts that he can call day in and day out. But I mean, it, I, I didn't expect Montreal to go forward with uh, an offer sheet. Uh, it's really unexpected. Uh, this is not a common thing to to do in the NHL. Uh, last time was in 2013 for Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, I think you believe it when you see it, and that's what uh, that, that was. A, that, that really was my feeling at that time to see uh, Montreal going forward with it. Uh, but I'm really not surprised that Carolina decided to uh, to go uh, to go ahead and uh, and pay their dues for Al and keep him. Absolutely, it seemed like a no-brainer um, at the time. Obviously, yeah, I mean, the owner is was in a bit of a precarious position, but. I mean, for a player of that ability, obviously you can't just let him go for a first, second, and third. No, I, I, and I was talking with Seth Chavard uh, this week, and he told me, and he was right on on this, uh, it's like you move Andrew Shaw for a second and third pick, so basically to get Al, you spend $8.4 million, and you give just one a, a, a first-round pick and Andrew Shaw. I mean, it's not enough. No. It's but... really not enough. And... The Hurricanes needed, absolutely needed to keep him. And that's what they did. They had the leeway. They had the money to pay him. So why not? You needed, they needed to keep him. And that's what they did. But kudos to, to, to Matt Bergevin. He at least tried something. I really think he wants to improve his team. Uh, that's what he did today with Ben Sherratt. I think it's good. But, uh, uh, but he's going to try something else. I, I expect him to move something else, uh, to, to try to get something as an offensive weapon like he did for, for Aho. I don't think he's going to get an 80-point uh, player, but at least he's going to try something to improve his offense. Uh, so you mentioned, uh, I mean, they went out and signed Ben Sherratt today. Uh, do, you ex- do you? I mean, you had mentioned you think that they're going to go get someone else. Do you think it's going to be another left defenseman, or are we going to see Matej Sherratt Kulak basically running the left side of the defense next year? I'm comfortable with uh, the left side of the defensive uh, corpse right now. I think people are forgetting about Gustav Olofsson. Olofsson is a good depth player. Uh, we didn't see him a lot last year. He was acquired during training camp. Didn't play in Montreal. And when he played in Laval, he got injured. But he was playing really good. I think he got injured on his third game. But the team really likes him. And uh, that's why he uh, paid really close attention uh, to, to him coming back in shape at the end of the year. He was really... Uh, close uh, from a return if the, team, if the team would have made the playoffs in Laval and they decide to keep him. They offered him a, a, quali- a qualifying uh, offer so he's going to be in the organization. I expect him to be to have a good role uh, at the training camp and maybe surprise everybody and make the team as a seventh defenseman. So I think people need to keep in mind Gustav Olofsson is a good depth option. Absolutely. I mean, I think you're right. We do have, there are a lot of good defensive options, even in Laval, David Sklenichka, uh, they have, well, Carl Alsner, I don't think he'll necessarily be back, but definitely Olsen could be a good option. And Otto Liskinen that they just signed as well, 21 yeah. to 21 year old, he looked yeah. really good in the rookie camp. So I think, uh, yeah, you could definitely be right. You know, uh, it's probably in-house that they're going to find that, that top defenseman. Um, and then aside from that, I mean, the really... Keith Kincaid, do you think he's an upgrade over uh, Charlie Lindgren? I think he is. Uh, I mean, I really like Charlie Lindgren. He's a great guy. I, I wish him all the best. Uh, but you got to see the, the, the big picture clearly. I struggle all year long in Laval. Uh, 
Montreal. I assume he's now on the trade market. Is there really value for him right now with a, another two years left of his contract with a guaranteed NHL salary? Um, Montreal is now very well placed as a, uh, with their death in depth. Uh, Kincaid will be the second goalie behind Price. What are they going to do with Lindgren? Will he stay around in the NHL as a third-string goaltender? Or will they uh, put him on waivers? He could get claimed. And then Laval, they could go ahead with Mike McKibben. They want to see Caden Primo play. And they even have Connor Lacouve as a third option in net in Laval. So there's a lot and a lot of goalies. Uh, but we're going to see at the tra uh, training camp. I know Lindgren will get, get, we'll get some starts. And it's going to be him maybe to, to perform well and maybe get another start in another organization. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, do you think next year that they're going to go with Caden Primo and Michael McNiven 50-50? Or is Connor Lacouve maybe going to come in and maybe they send Primo down to the ECHL? No, I don't expect to see uh, Primo go in the ECHL. That's, I, I really don't think that's the plan. I mean, he decided to sign a pro contract when he could have stayed for another two years in Northeastern. Uh, they signed him already it's because they think that he's ready to play at the AHL level and that's what the kid uh, thinks uh, he can as well so it's going to be a great surprise for me if they decide during the year to send him to the ECHL they want to see him playing at a top level in the AHL so uh, I'm very sure about this and the Kuvi will still be a great option for them as well he played really good last year uh, he deserves an extension and I think uh Excellent. Yeah, I think that definitely Connor Lacouvet proved last year that he definitely has a spot in the AHL, and he'll definitely add some much-needed depth as well to the organization. Um, so, sure, sure. You always need goaltenders. You know, if there's still two bodies that get injured, what are you going to do? You need some fresh bodies and people that can step in and do the job, and that's what Lacouvet did last year. Absolutely. And uh, Nat, well, you just mentioned fresh bodies. So the Canadians just, or well, the Canadians slash Rocket just signed two guys, uh, Riley Barber, as well as Phil Veroni, and also the Rocket had signed William Peltier. What do you think those three guys can bring to the team this year? Well, uh, I know Veroni really well. I didn't see Peltier play at all. Uh, he, he has such a good story. He's a small player, 5'7", but he plays with a lot of character, a lot of grit. I think it's going to play in uh, Joel Boussard's game for sure. Uh, we didn't have the chance to play against Rockford last year, so I don't know what he really did on the ice. But uh, I think he's really happy to finally come back home. He didn't play junior hockey in Quebec. He played Division Three in the NCAA. So this is quite a, a good story for uh, for Pelsi. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. And for the other players that you're mentioning, Veroni and Barber, uh, this is two really dominant players at the AHL level. 31 goals for Barber last year. He was a key piece uh, for the RC Bears in their comeback in their incredible story last year. They were last in their division in January. They, come all, they came all the way back to win in the first round of the playoffs in the AHL. And Barber was a key piece of that team. For Veroni, he performed at such a high level two years ago uh, in Lehigh Valley. And that helped him to get his trip at the NHL level last year with the Flyers. Uh, he's been almost all year. What another try at the NHL level, and he expects it to be in 
That's what you want to hear, too. You want to hear guys that want to be here, that want to be in Laval, want to be in Montreal. Um, so, obviously, I mean, unfortunately, the first two seasons, Rocket weren't able to make the playoffs. Do you think the third time's the charm? Maybe we're going we're, we're gonna to see how this thing goes. Uh, there were a lot of Absolutely. I think you're right. I mean, they did lose a lot of players early on in the season. I mean, the organization as a whole lost quite a few players. Obviously, they had to deal with some injuries as well. Gustav Olofsson, like we talked about earlier. Uh, they lost McCarron relatively early into the season as well. So hopefully the Habs can stay healthy and hopefully the Rocky can stay healthy as well. I think you know, they're definitely in a good position to make the playoffs this year. Well, there's going to be a lot of competition in the division. I think Belleville is a really good team. Rochester is really, really good. Syracuse is always good. And how about Toronto? They are always good as well. So uh, I think Laval uh, will have a, a lot of competition. I wouldn't say this is a clear-cut team that will make the playoffs. I'm not ready to say this yet. They will come be hard, but there's going to be strong competition in their division. Definitely. It's going to be a tough season, but uh, they, they got a pretty good team and obviously a great coach. Um, you know, he was he – was, one of the big talking points last season, what did you see the difference between, or did you see a big difference between the first year when, it, when the team was ran by Sylvain A5 compared to the second season with Joel Bouchard? Was it a big difference? Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a, a great difference. I, I don't want to throw the fame
I, I completely agree. I mean, he the way that he the way that Fleury and even Victor Mete progressed last season, you can see how much of a difference that he made. Um, you mentioned the youth, obviously. I mean, there's a lot of youth that's going to be coming into the Rocket or into the Canadians organization. Obviously, I mean, the two guys that get talked about the most are Ryan Paling and Nick Suzuki. Do you think we'll they'll start the season in Laval, or will we maybe see them with the Canadians? I think Paling is ready. Uh, he was such a strong force uh, during, uh, during the development camp. He's so big. I mean, he's already 220 pounds. I think that the last year that he played the NCAA really helped him. I know. I, I really think he's now ready to play on a regular basis in Montreal. And this is this is a player that's going to be going to be good on both sides of the ice. So uh, for all those things, I think he's ready to play at that level. But I don't expect to see both of them play in Montreal from the beginning of the year till the end. One of the, of those will start the season in Laval, and maybe we're going to see all of them play at the NHL level at the end of the year. So if I I, I need a cadet right now, get a, uh, I, I would say that Bailey will start Montreal, Suzuki will start in Laval, and both of them will be Montreal at the end of the year for the playoff push. Excellent. Well, hopefully there is a playoff push. <laughs> Do you think... Yeah, uh, I, I really yeah. think there's going to be one. Do you think, uh, do you think they're going to make the playoffs this year? If you have to bet? Well, I wouldn't say we're gonna, they're going to make the playoffs, but I really think they're going to be the hunt for it. And maybe they're going to be going to be in it, but I really think they're going to be the unbuilding. Excellent. Well, I think you're right. I mean, I think it's going to be a really exciting year for both the Laval Rocket and for the Canadians. Um, another sport or a former sports team uh, in Montreal here has been in the news recently. I know you're a big baseball fan, a big sports fan in general. What did you think about the uh, the proposed two city option for the Tampa Bay Rays? I don't believe it at all. I think this is uh, just the way uh, to finally get the Tampa Bay Rays out of the up, uptown. I think it's the beginning of the end. It's uh, really looking a lot like 2002, 2003, when the Expos played some uh, some games in Puerto Rico. I think uh, this is the beginning of the end. I really don't think Tampa Bay is going to build a stadium for half of their games. I know they want to uh, build a stadium where uh, an open roof stadium. I, I I don't believe it at all. They are not able to have a new stadium on a regular basis for 81 games. So now they're going to try to build one for 40 games. Uh, and for playing, of course, it's going to be in Montreal. This is not something I really believe in. But the good thing is, we're really talking about the return of baseball in Montreal. So no matter what, get the team in Montreal. If it's for 40 games right now, the Olympic Stadium, I would take it. Bring baseball back, and we're going to show to uh, Major League Baseball that we're really a baseball uh, a baseball city, and we're going to get our Expos back. Uh, the, quicker it, the quicker we can get them back, the better way it would be. Absolutely, I, c- I couldn't agree more. The, is the most exposed baseball that we can get in the city, you know, the better it is. Do you think it's going to happen in the next few years? Do you think the Expos come back? Oh yeah, we're going get, to get back for sure. Right. Excellent. Yeah. Quebec Nordiques 
Absolutely, I think you're right. I mean, uh, I don't think we've we've definitely never been in a better position than we are right now, and, uh, and and I think you're right. Hopefully, in a few years, we will see the Expos back, and we'll have something to do during the summer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, tonight there's the Expos game at the uh, first World Bowl Stadium, but at the same time, there could have been uh, a Montreal Expos in a beautiful summer night uh, in an open roof stadium in Montreal. That's Excellent. Well, well. Hopefully, uh, we wish that definitely for Montreal, Anthony. We uh, we want to thank you so much for doing this uh, for us here. Uh, we we know you're a busy guy, especially here in the off season. Uh, so we definitely appreciate. It. We want to uh, give you a big thank you. All right. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it, and uh, thanks for having me. And uh, anytime. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right. So that's the interview. Good job, Dustin. Some great stuff from Anthony Anthony Marcotte. Let's say it's name in French if we can. Uh, uh, yeah, anything else so, you want to say about the interview? Yeah, so hopefully the uh, the first of many uh, many big interviews. We're we're both well, we're working on some stuff right now, some exciting stuff for the off season and for the uh, for the upcoming Habs and Rocket season. Uh, so hopefully we'll have uh, we'll have many more interviews like that for you. So guys, uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, uh, you know, like the episode on SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you're listening to it, and uh, and then give us your feedback. All right, if you have any ideas for uh, for episodes, too, we have no idea what to talk about for the next two months, so just let us know on Twitter. All right, have a good one. Bye.